Welcome, everybody, to the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. I'm your co-host, Papa Chris, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in fathering, Christian. Um, how are you doing, Christian? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Um, once again, this is the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. Two um, misguided new young fathers uh, starting this adventure together. And uh, we're here every week to talk to you about uh, our adventures in fatherhood and uh, how we got to this place and where we're going to go from here. I'd like to extend some very sincere thank yous to our producer, Ryan, Michael Spicer of Michael Spicer Music for our awesome intro song, uh, as well as Vishal Murthy, illustrator, and of course, perhaps most importantly, our wives and daughters for putting up with us, and in particular for putting up with us doing this podcast so that we can bring it to you. Um, so I had a, a pretty good week this week. Christian, how was your week this week? Uh, I actually did have a pretty good week. Uh, full disclosure, I had the week off. Um, had some vacation time that I needed to use up before it, uh, you know, couldn't be rolled over. So, uh, yeah, I had most of the week off this week. So, uh, you know, can't complain. Full-time, full-time dad all week, but, um, but that was, uh, but w- well worth it. So what about you? Mm. Mm. Isn't it perfect when, uh, when all that vacation time just kind of all comes in one bundle and they say you have to use it? Well, fine. If I have to, if I have to take a vacation. If you're putting a gun to my head and telling me I need to take a vacation, maybe I can do it. If you're telling me that my only option is to get paid not to work. All right. Twist my arm. I roll. God. Sigh. (laughs) Um, I had a pretty good week. Um, It's been snowing on and off here. My uh, next door neighbor, um, a fellow father, um, is uh, <clears throat> a few years past us, of course, is uh, does a backyard rink every year. And uh, so I every day get to see out of my uh, my bedroom window this beautiful backyard rink that he's made for his two daughters. And uh, I won't say his name here on the podcast, but if you're listening, my friend, great job. It's job well uh, always done. nice. It's always nice to hear the clack of pucks and the shoom of skates on the ice every uh, every Saturday and Sunday morning. Uh, and I say that non-sarcastically. It really is quite nice. I, for a moment, I was worried that people were like, oh, yeah, it's great to hear pucks every Saturday morning. No, it's great to hear pucks every Saturday morning. Just for the listeners out there, that's puck with a, <laughs> with a P. Yeah. It's come a long way from our time in residence when Saturday and Sunday morning, you'd hear a different kind of, f- oh, oh, sorry. Oh, no. Um, moving on. Not a P. Yeah. <laughs> So we're, um, you know, we took uh, last episode, Christian, uh, we took a little bit of time to introduce ourselves. So uh, we talked this week that we might kind of dive in a a little bit more headfirst into the actual fatherhood topics and uh, some of the things that defined our journey to fatherhood and have defined our journey as it goes on right now. And uh, so I'd like to start off this week by um, talking a a little bit about when some of the things that you found out along the way before you became a father. So um, we'll, uh, we'll dive into that in a moment. But uh, before we get started, Christian, um, is there anything else that you want to add about the week that was? Um, I don't know that I necessarily have anything to add per se. Um, but what I would like to extend briefly, if I may, um, just because you mentioned uh, our producer, Ryan, is um, he does have a podcast of his own. Um, and it is called Dole Whips and Double Doubles. It is a, a pair of Canadian uh, husband-wife combination uh, who are uh, enthralled with all things Disney. So Dole Whip is a very fancy uh, uh, pineapple 
uh, Disney specific dessert. So Dole Whips and Double Doubles, Canadian couples talking Disney. So if you're into that kind of thing, you like all things Disney, uh, check them out. Uh, Dole Whips and Double Doubles. Um, I'm sure wherever you get your podcasts, but, um, but yeah, you, you mentioned kind of where, or what we kind of found out along the way. And I think one of the biggest things that not only drives kind of the reason behind this podcast, which we talked about last episode was us discovering that we were going to be fathers, but more specifically fathers of daughters. Um, that is something that we have in common. Uh, and so, you know, we talked about, um, you know, starting the podcast with the simple question, is that a penis? No, that's not a penis. Um, and it is us discovering that not only were we fathers, but we were going to be fathers um, of, of little girls. Um, and we are both very blessed to have healthy, happy uh, daughters. Um, and uh, But we found out about our journeys very differently, actually. So, Chris, I'm very intrigued um, to hear kind of your experience in how you, uh, how you found out that you were going to be having a little girl um, and what that experience was like for you. Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, full disclosure to our listeners, we have never talked about this before, Krishna and I, so I actually have no idea how uh, my fellow papa here found out that he was going to be uh, a dad or found out that he was going to be a dad <clears throat> of a baby girl more. And likewise. Uh, yeah. So um, let me, I'll, I'll back up very slightly to, to how I found out that I was going to be a dad overall, um, which which is probably the the cuter story. <laughs> I mean, the 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 other aspect is a little bit of a uh, anticlimactic one. But let me start out by saying how my wife told me. So uh, we were trying to to have uh, a child. It, it wasn't something that came by surprise. Um, we got married in the summertime, and uh, we took the fall to travel, and then we decided to start in the kind of early winter. Um, and, uh, so I, I was in the back of my head, not, not wholly unexpecting news that I might become a dad. Um, but it did catch me a little bit by surprise. Um, so what happened was around Easter, my, uh, um, it, well, not around Easter, on Easter, my wife did an Easter egg hunt for me, which might sound a little bit ridiculous, but Christian, I have to tell you, I love a good Easter egg hunt. I mean, I'm a grown man, and if someone wants to hide chocolate all over the house, I'm down. I'm down. I am, I am with you 100% because my brother, three years my senior, and I, now both in our 30s, when we get together over the holidays, my dad still to this day hides Easter eggs in the house for the <laughs> both of us, and it's become a game. And we are really? grown-ass <laughs> men. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so preaching to the converted yeah. here, brother. I mean, really, just the competitive level, competitiveness and physicality just goes up with age. I, I mean, it's not like it goes down with age. You're just no, no, body just, checking it, each other. It just gets <laughs> amplified. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like you just put it into a subwoofer. Um, and yeah. <laughs> so um, what, uh, what my beautiful wife did was to take um, a bunch of uh, eggs where you could open them and hide something inside and hid a little chocolate egg inside as well as a clue towards the next um, egg. And uh, on and on it went. <clears throat> and in hindsight, what she was doing was basically ordering it to make sure that I got to the last egg last. And when I opened up uh, the egg, she said, next year, you'll be doing the Easter egg hunt because some bunny is expecting. And uh, I just dropped the eggs and couldn't believe it. I mean, I was 
again, something that I was hoping would happen, I suppose. So it wasn't, you know, a lot of people talk about complex emotions when they find out that they're becoming a dad. And I suppose for me, there was a degree of complexity. It was really overwhelming happiness and excitement, and then a brief moment of like happy terror, if that makes sense. The most joyous kind of pit dropping in your stomach. Oh my God, I'm going to die. But isn't this great? Wonderful news. I'm going to die, but it's great. Um, so that was kind of my mixed emotion, but it was all positive. Um, and I just dropped everything and gave her the world's biggest hug. And uh, that's how I found out that I was going to be a dad. How, before I tell you about how I became a, a girl dad, Christian, how did you find out that you were going to be a dad? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, uh, much like you, um, the process was not as, um, uh, like you mentioned, surprising, maybe, um, not to get into too much detail, although I'm sure we'll talk about this on a later pod. Um, my wife and I uh, had to use a fertility service um, through uh, in order to be able to conceive, um, which was a, uh, everybody throughout that process was phenomenal. Um, it was, I will say on the scale of kind of one to, you know, terrible in terms of all those things, it was a one, uh, but we still had to use that service. So again, when you think about those types of things, obviously timing is very important. So some of the, uh, uh spontaneity might have been, uh, you know, removed from it. However, joyous nonetheless. Um, but then, um, my, my wife and I, um, throughout our wedding planning process, fell in love with the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, um, mm. specifically the song Come and Get Your Love. Um, it was our intro song to our wedding when we walked in as husband and wife. Uh, to make a long very short, there's a, a a line in there that says, you know, come and get your love, get it together, baby. And so uh, when I came home from work one day, my wife had already got the call. And um when uh, I came in, my wife was there with my dog and my dog had a little sign around his neck that said, you know, come and get your love expecting, you know, get it together, baby, with the date. Um, so when I came home from work that day, that that was waiting for me. So um, so that was again, you mentioned the kind of complex kind of happy terror. Um, it's a real thing uh, because, yeah, you're overjoyed. Like you mentioned, the world's biggest hug. Uh, quick shout out to your wife for the some bunny is expecting pun. Uh, I don't think we gave that enough credit, but, um, but uh, yeah, and then you kind of, you realize like, holy crap, like your world is forever changed, right? Like nothing, mm. it's, it's that happiness, but then also the kind of, oh crap, nothing is going to ever be the same. Uh, right. So yeah, I, I totally, I totally get that. Um, and happy terror is probably a, a very apt description of that for sure. <laughs> That's um, actually a really, really great story. I have to say, uh, uh, in full honesty to you, my my dear friend, I uh, wasn't 100% sure where that story was going uh, for a moment when you said, um, yeah, you know, and, and we got really into the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack and you know the song, Come and Get Your Love. So I came home from work and I mean, at this point, I'm like, Christian, this is a this is not an R-rated podcast. I mean, we can decide to, to be that way, but uh, we don't need to be too graphic about those details. No, yeah, no. Um, I I think my wife would. Uh, there would not be a, a next episode. I think if uh, if, <laughs> right. if, if if that yeah, happened. But um, uh, but so we mentioned about becoming fathers, Chris, uh, and kind of that process. So what about specifically, um, mm. you then? We can move on to say, hey, okay, we know we're going to be dads, um, uh, but now we know we're going to be or finding out we're going to be fathers of daughters or girl dads, as they've um, been uh, been now known to be called. So what was your experience with that? 
Mm. So, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of different thoughts out there um, and everybody has their own preference on whether you want to know ahead of time um, or whether you don't want to know ahead of time. And I, I very much see both sides uh, and I can see the justification on both sides, but we had to pick one. I mean, you, in the end, you have to decide whether you want to know or, or don't know the gender ahead of time. Um, so I'll explain our reasoning for deciding that we wanted to know. Um, and keeping in mind that this was totally just our personal, <clears throat> our personal preference and that, you know, I, I totally respect it on both sides. Uh, my mom didn't want to know, for example, until I was born. So uh, she didn't find out until I was actually born. Um, for us, it was sort of a planning thing. Um, you know, having, we will probably get into this in future uh, podcasts, but we had gone through some uh, family challenges, a, a loss in the family, two losses in the family and things like that recently. And we didn't really want any more surprises. Uh, we wanted to be prepared. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just sort of a practical thing, I suppose, for us. <clears throat> and maybe a little bit of impatience, I suppose. Um, so we had, uh, you know, when the um, sonographer asked if we wanted to know, uh, we said yes. But <clears throat> uh, my dear wife is a veterinarian as well, like me, and uh, carries around an ultrasound every day. Um, she and I both do ultrasounds on, on different species, uh, but hers is for largely looking to see if a cow has become pregnant. Uh, so naturally, uh, we could not stop ourselves from in the privacy of our own home with our own uh, equipment, just having a gander. You know, we're not medical professionals. We're not allowed to, uh, or sorry, we're not human medical professionals. Medical professionals for humans. I am a human, not an alien, to be clear. Um, so we're not, we're not allowed to make any diagnoses or anything like that. So we, we didn't, uh, but, uh, just taking a quick gander around, um, we kept trying to figure out if this little kicking white blob of sweetness had a penis or not. Um, now we, we like to think, well, we've got medical degrees. We do ultrasonography for a living. Of course we can figure this out. No, we're useless. Kristen. Not even we a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Useless. And I have to tell you, an umbilical cord and a penis look almost identical uh, to a completely untrained eye. I'm sure if there's a sonographer listening, they're going to laugh at me. But to me, cannot tell those two things apart. So uh, we basically went to our regular sonography appointments having zero clue about what, uh, what was there. And um, it was very uh, anticlimactic. So this being COVID, uh, my wife had to get her ultrasounds completely on her own. Um, I was allowed in the hospital, oddly, but not in the room, um, mm. which was a little odd. Um, so I would, I would wait in the waiting room. My wife would go in and have her ultrasound. And then at the very end, they would uh, invite me to come in for like a quick 60 second kind of tour. Um, and the sonographer basically saying, yep, all looks normal or or not. Thankfully, it was always normal. And so I'm sitting there and the sonographer, very nice, very polite, uh, just, um, you know, working away. Uh, all of a sudden cuts the silence with saying, so uh, just wanted to check you. You wanted to know, right? And we both look at each other and say yes. And she says, all right, so um, this is a girl, uh, about an 80 to 90% chance. You know, sometimes we can be wrong, um, but this is a girl. And uh, my wife and I just looked at each other, had a grin ear to ear, uh, couldn't stop smiling. And that was basically it. You know, we didn't have any major story, uh, but we, we left there um, feeling like we were having a girl. And, and the sonographer was right. And we did. And she's happy and healthy and beautiful. And uh, yeah, so our, you know, I know a lot of people wait until 
um, their, their child is born. And I totally get that. I know that some people want to know ahead of time and I totally get that. In the end, it was basically just an offhand comment uh, during at the side of uh, one of our little exams. And that was it. And uh, our life changed all in a blink of an eye. Well, I, uh, I, I guess I had a completely different experience, uh, which is, uh, it's interesting to hear you say that. Um, so, um, but like you, uh, my wife and I are both um, veterinarians or human medical professionals, as you call them. Uh, and uh, so we went through the ultrasound process, um, and but we decided that we did not want to know um, until our baby was born. So we decided that we wanted to be surprised. And I know you kind of mentioned your thought process in terms of why you wanted to know um, in terms of, you know, you wanted some good news. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned, some some planning that way. Um, our thought process was kind of, we, we kind of decided that we were like, you know what, we plan for everything. Uh, for those of you who are listening, who might happen to know my wife, uh, nothing goes unplanned uh, for her. Um, it's very specific um, and well thought out, uh, which is probably why I've survived as long as I can and why I still eat vegetables. But... Um, <laughs> It, but it was one of those where actually she drove the 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 concept, which I was kind of surprised at. I thought she would have been much like you guys in terms of like, hey, you know what we want to know? We want to be prepared um, and that type of scenario. But she was like, you know what? She's like, I feel like I don't get enough good surprises in life anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, that was an interesting concept that I don't know that I had really thought of. And mm-hmm. so I was all for the surprise. I But I figured that I was going to get outranked on that one, you know, by the one carrying the baby, if she wanted to know, I feel like I was going to get vetoed and I was ready to be vetoed. Um, but, uh, but it turns out that we were on the same wavelength for that one. Mm. Um, and so we went through the, the ultrasound process. And like you mentioned, you know, we have experience with ultrasonography. And so there were times where, uh, you know, we went through, uh, each ultrasound, um, and, uh, you know, the, the very, very polite, like you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, sonographers would say, okay, eyes down or eyes closed you know, because they were getting to an area where, um, you know, <laughs> gender might be revealed by accident. And so we went through all of that and, uh, and then they'd say, okay, you're all right. And so they would show us things, you know, head, hands, you know, those types of things. You mentioned those people and their skills. I, I'm sitting there. And as you mentioned, we're both medical professionals, but that ultrasonographer is just showing me my like 20 week old fetuses, renal artery, which is just like mm. blood supply to its kidney. And the thing's not even born yet. And I'm going, you have got to be kidding me. Like, that's, that's made, you made that up. Like, and they're like, yep, there's the right one. And there's the left one. And I was just like, you wizard. Like, you are just a <laughs> witch or a wizard or whatever you are. So they are very impressive what they're able to do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we went through that process again, not knowing. Um, and then I'll fast forward. And I know we're going to get into kind of hospital stories later. But um, my wife was actually the first one to identify the gender of our baby, not a doctor, not a, not a midwife, not a nurse. It was, it was my wife. Um, and what happened was, and again, we'll probably get into this, this, uh, a little bit later, but, um, my, uh, my baby who happy, healthy again, all of that, uh, but did have her cord around her neck, uh, upon exit. And so it was a very quick, like, Oh, you know, there she is. Let's get her out and get her on to mom. And um, can't say enough about the hospital staff and all of that type of thing. Again, for the most part, everything went very, very smoothly. And uh, so they kind of just was like, okay, yeah, baby is healthy. And kind of gender was almost an afterthought. 
um, because they were like, no, we want to make sure baby is healthy first, regardless of what genitalia it has, that is secondary. Um, and so then well it triaged. was, yes, exactly. Absolutely. Well prioritized. And so they put uh, my daughter uh, onto my wife. Um, and then I think my wife, once she heard the cry and everything and was relieved um, and all that type of stuff, then kind of had the like, well, wait a minute, is this a boy or a girl? <laughs> and so she kind of like flipped her up and, and kind of looked and, you know, didn't see a penis and then was just like, I think this is a girl. And then uh, was then had a secondary thought, because like you mentioned, we are veterinarians. Uh, and so perhaps the slight confusion of like, this is a human, I need to double check, you know, turned uh, my daughter towards the um, the resident and was just like, this is a girl, right? And they were like kind of nodding like happily, like, yes, this is a girl. And so then, uh, hmm. you know, with relief, happiness, joy, uh, tears, the whole bit, um, you know, we, uh, you know, we got to uh, embrace, uh, which I realized might be awkward in front of like the 12 team, like 12 person hospital team that was there. But I guess they do that for a living. So maybe to them, it was, you know, just another, uh, you know, Monday or whatever. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, and then, uh, we already had names picked out whether it was going to be a boy or a girl. So then we gave them, you know, our daughter's yeah. name at that point. But, uh, but yeah, my, uh, my wife was the first one who actually um, got to be like, nope, I was the first one literally on this earth that got to, to know that it was, it was a girl. So, hmm. um, so that That's was, that was pretty story. neat. Now, let me, let me ask you this question, you know, because when I think about it, um, you know, when I think back to myself in that moment, you know, when when we had the luxury of finding out the gender, you know, we didn't really have any other emotions going through our mind at that time. You know, that was sort of the one. It was a piece of factual information that we right. were, that we digested. Now, when I'm thinking back to the moment where my daughter was born, it was this unbelievable rush of, you know, uh, mother nature's hormones, you know, just an unbelievable rush of emotion. Um, you know, you're, you, you tear up and you don't really know why you're smiling and happy and, and everything is going through you. Um, how did you, do you remember processing any of that information that, that you were having a girl or was it sort of all this one rush of emotion? You know, how, how easy was that to process? And, and was it something that, you continued to think about or something you continued to process as those emotions kind of faded away. Yeah, I think it was probably, it, it took some time to kind of process it. And I think we'll probably settle into another episode, which was, or another uh, topic, I should say in another episode about, you know, the nerves behind having a girl specifically. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was just because of the kind of crazy, like five to six minutes towards the end, right before she was born, um, when all of that kind of medical stuff was happening, I think it was just the rush of, like you mentioned, of everything at once of processing, okay, my baby is out, alive, happy, healthy, um, and, and that type of thing. And yes, I think I probably turned to the nurse and gave the nurse the name. Uh, do I recall that? Not in the slightest. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was just this rush. And then once kind of everybody started to dissipate from the room as, you know, triage nurses and and all those types of things you know started to 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 fade away a little bit so we could have some privacy with uh with our daughter i think that's really when it started to sink in and we were in the hospital for about three days total um not through any type of complication just through the you know the process that was um and uh and so i think over that time i think it it, it took me probably almost until we were leaving the hospital to kind of just be like huh okay I am a girl dad now. 
uh, and and then kind of trying to figure that out. But uh, but we'll definitely get into I think that process and kind of discovering. Okay, it's a girl now. What um, in uh, in future segments? But we're going to take a quick break here uh, on the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. And when we come back, we're going to do a couple more recurring segments, some new topics. So uh, uh, don't go too far. Uh, you know, come right back. And uh, yeah, we'll take a quick break and be back with you uh, in just a minute. Back to the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. I'm your co-host, Papa Chris, joined by Christian, and we are going to dive right back into it with our next recurring segment, Countdown. So on this week's Countdown, uh, our first ever Countdown, um, you know, kind of in the same vein as these first few, few episodes trying to get to know us a little bit better, us trying to get to know you a little bit better, um, we thought that we would take an opportunity to talk a little bit about how we got into this uh, podcasting um, by talking uh, briefly about some of our inspirations. And so in this countdown, I'm going to ask Christian, what are your five favorite podcasts? Hmm, five favorite. Okay. Um, well, I, I will admit that most of my podcasts are actually sports related, um, or at least, uh, uh, in their essence started as sports related figures or reporters or things of that. So there's probably an overwhelming or overarching theme there, I should say. Um, but specifically, I think that what we are, um, looking at here, I'll start with actually really when I started to get into the, into the podcast game was more so podcast specifically, um, uh, when the pandemic started, and uh, specifically a podcast. So number five, this is where I'm going with this. Number five is a podcast called The Darkest Timeline Podcast. And that was a, a quick podcast that Joel McHale and Ken Jung did. They are uh, main characters on one of our favorite shows, Community, for those of you who like that show, uh, or Ken Jung, obviously, from The Hangover and all of those types of things. Um, and they started because Ken Jung was a doctor um, and an MD. Um, and so he was kind of explaining kind of what was going on with the pandemic to Joel kind of in an interview style, but also then they really just kind of uh, ended up really just shooting the shit about community and brought on <laughs> previous guests and uh, you know, or previous uh, or their actor friends, you know, and that type of thing. So that was a, it was a short lived one during the beginning of the pandemic, but I really liked that one. Number four uh, is a podcast called that's what she said. Um, for those of you who love the office, it is not an office related podcast. It is actually a sports related uh, sports reporter named Sarah Spain um, out of Chicago um, and, uh, she interviews a, a variety of, of celebrities. I really, she's been live on ESPN doing a bunch of shows. I just really liked her kind of, uh, you know, her thought process or questions, her kind of just general vibe. So I, uh, I tune into that one. Uh, number three, um, I've kind of just gone as a, I called it rewatch pods. Um, so I really like shows like the office, you know, parks and rec Brooklyn nine, nine, uh, scrubs, you know, those ones, and they all have rewatch pods with various, um, you know, previous actors of the show. So the office ladies, um, you know, Zach Braff does the, the Brooklyn nine, nine one, um, those type of ones. So I've liked those, uh, number two is, uh, two podcasts, but by the same person, uh, Bomani Jones is a really good sports reporter. Mm, yeah. Um, and he has two podcasts, one called the right time, which is more sports related. And the other one called the evening Jones, which is more culture and current events related. Uh, again, just, uh, hella smart individual um with a lot of really really good thought processes 
um, about things. And also, uh, full disclosure, I mean, uh, Chris, I don't think this is getting too uh, controversial, but I mean, you and I are both very um, uh, white in our, uh, you know, in our uh, upbringings and in our those, and just uh, Bobani Jones being African American has a very, very, very interesting perspective. Ones I hadn't really thought of before um, from a different kind of perspective in life. So I really, really enjoy listening to him. And, uh, and the top one, um, which is really just tomfoolery, which I love so much is the Dan <laughs> Levitard show with Stugatz. Um, again, they used to be on ESPN. Um, and, uh, they are just, again, sports reporters out of Miami. Um, but they really, there's a whole bunch of them called the shipping container of frightened refugees. Um, and there's five or six of them that have become this dysfunctional family, which I love just listening to every day. They have, um, a boatload of content, um, refugee pun not intended. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I just <laughs> oh love listening to them every day. I've, you know, you feel like you become part of the family of, as they, they go through everything and, uh, and yeah, just really very, uh, funny, um, with a dash of sports. So, uh, so those are my five podcasts that I feel like I listen to most frequently. Uh, but Chris, I'm very excited to hear what's your, um, what's your countdown is. Those, uh, those were great, Christian. I, uh, I loved all those selections. We overlap on only one of them, actually. I, uh, I also listened to the darkest timeline. Um, well, when, when they were still making new episodes, uh, I, I just can't get enough of Ken Jeong, you know, uh, just the, the character that he portrays is so completely different from the, the human Ken, uh, in real life, you know, the physician, yeah, definitely. he's soft-spoken, he's well-spoken. I mean, it's just incredible to hear him speak in podcast form. And then you see him as senior Chang on community and yeah, it's or, a or Leslie Chow or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and Bomani Jones, great, great shout out. I won't call you up on the fact that that's two podcasts for number two, and and thus completely cheating, and therefore a disqualification from this uh, this event. But fair um, enough, nonetheless, well taken. And uh, Bomani Jones, great, great shout. He is, uh, um, yeah, very, very good reporter. Never listened to his podcasts, uh, but seen him on TV. Um, so <clears throat> I'll dive right in, and I very much like you, Christian, um, have. Uh, an absolute truckload of sports podcasts that I've listened to. So um, I've done myself, uh, I've also cheated a little bit here in that I have boiled the probably 10 different hockey podcasts I listened to and picked just one and the 10 different soccer podcasts I picked to and picked just one and then picked sort of my three other uh, perhaps a bit more relatable ones on different, different topics that I uh, listened to. So I'll start with my hockey one at number five, the podcast 31 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, uh, a hockey podcast. It's produced by Sportsnet. Um, a lot of people in Canada will know Elliot Friedman very well. Um, he's been around uh, Canadian sports journalism for a long time, going way back to when we were kids growing up in the 90s, Headline Sports, um, which later became The Score, which later became Sportsnet 360. So they put, uh, Elliot Friedman is what you'd call an, an insider, I guess. You know, he knows uh, a lot of people within the league. And so the 31 thoughts are 31 distinct uh, sort of tidbit stories every week. And they run the gamut from, uh, you know, transaction news, actual news related to the league and the operations of the league, but then also little human interest stories, pieces of, of hockey players that make them uh, humanized, that allows you to think about them on a more human level. Um, and I really, really enjoy that aspect of it. They're, the perspective that they uh, come to it from is often very much with that sort of what is the player thinking as a person working in a business, a large corporation, which is the National Hockey League. Um, and it's a really nice way to look at it. So number five, 31 thoughts. 
Um, number four, um, a non-sports related one, probably the one I've been listening to for the longest time, is actually a radio show, um, but I've never listened to it on the radio. I only listen to it as a podcast produced by CBC called Quirks and Quarks, uh, which is a science uh, radio show, science podcast. Um, again, for those for those listeners who are Canadian, uh, may recognize some of these iconic names. Uh, a radio show that I believe started out being hosted by David Suzuki, um, who is one of the most famous science educators in all of Canada um, and environmentalists. David Suzuki um, was later hosted by Jay Ingram, uh, I believe, who later of uh, Discovery Channel fame, and has now for a very very long time been hosted by Bob McKenzie, um, who's just one of, my, uh, one of my absolute favorite hosts. I could listen to him all the time. So what they do uh, every week is they listen to, um, they interview about five or six different scientists and they interview them on their studies and basically just go start to finish. What was their study about? What did they find out? What did they learn? It's very simple, but um, it's great to listen to. And it accompanied me all through my undergrad science, all through vet school. So as you're sitting there in a library poring over biology textbooks, it makes it a little bit more manageable when you're also thinking about uh, you know some of the real actual working scientists out there in the work that they do um, so number four quirks and quirks number three I went with my favorite uh, soccer podcast which is um, uh, now produced by a small independent company called Stakhanov um, and that is a fairly famous uh, soccer podcast called the football ramble um, the football ramble is a, a British show um, uh, originally started by four individuals, but recently this summer, they've expanded to become a daily podcast and added four other individuals. And so of these eight, they rotate three hosts every day um, and put out five podcasts a week in addition to additional content um, and additional podcasts. It's um, what I like from the perspective of a podcaster and from the perspective of someone who likes podcasts, I think the natural chemistry that they bring together, the energy, the way that they're able to rotate hosts, the way that they've transitioned to, to a daily show, it's just a very well done podcast. And so in addition to the smart ideas and the conversations they have, the way that the show is presented, I think is a great lesson to any podcaster out there. So number three, the football ramble. Uh, number two, um, a podcast that actually introduced me to the football ramble rather than the other way around, because it's also produced by Stakhanov, is a show called Abroad in Japan. And this is hosted by Pete Donaldson and Chris Broad. Chris Broad is a, um, uh, an individual from the United Kingdom who went over to Japan to teach English as a second language. Um, and when he went there, he fell in love with it and continues to live there to this day. Um, and so he shares uh, stories of living in Japan and what the culture is like, what traveling there is like, what it's like as someone from another country. You know, Japan is a very famously homogenous country and, uh, and he is not part of that homogeneity. So ex uh, experiencing that from the inside just has lots of great stories. Um, we'll talk about this later, I'm sure, but when my uh, wife and I went to Japan on our honeymoon, we absolutely fell in love with the country in so many different ways. And so getting just a little taste of that escapism with uh, Chris and Pete on Abroad in Japan uh, twice a week is really, really, um, it just makes me happy inside. And then number one, I uh, couldn't help but mentioning it, I think twice already in the opening um, episode, easily my favorite podcast of all time, a podcast where I've listened to and this is a bit embarrassing to say, but probably every episode a half dozen times at least um, is a somewhat famous podcast called The Bugle. 
the Bugle was started about 12 years ago by someone who is now extremely famous and his best friend and comedy partner. So the now very famous person, of course, is John Oliver, um, host of uh, Last Week Tonight on, H on HBO, as well as his uh, partner in comedy, Andy Zaltzman. Um, it's a bit, uh, it's news satire, but with a hefty dose of surrealism and uh, another uh, heaping dose of, of something that wouldn't have, um, without it, wouldn't have allowed the podcast to survive, which is their natural friendship and chemistry with each other. Uh, Andy and John have been friends for decades, and it shows in the way they talk to each other. And so again, in taking lessons away from these podcasts into ourselves, the thing that it's taught me is the importance to have a good friend and someone that you have naturally good chemistry with to do a podcast with. And that is why, Christian, I'm extremely happy to be doing this podcast with you. So number one, The Bugle. I encourage you to check it out. John Oliver has left, unfortunately, but of course uh, has moved on to bigger and brighter things. Andy still hosts it uh, on, a, on a weekly basis with a rotating cast of hosts, Nish Kumar, Alice Fraser, and others. Um, so number one, The Bugle. Number 531 Thoughts. Four, Quirks and Quarks. Number three, The Football Ramble. Number two, Abroad in Japan. And number one, The Bugle. And that's it. That is the countdown. Those are our five favorite podcasts. Christian, thank you very much for sharing yours. And uh, I hope you enjoyed hearing some of those. And uh, that's been the countdown. And now we'll move on to our next topic. So uh, this has been a fairly big week, actually, in uh, the world of sports, um, with uh, those of us uh, in Canada or the northern United States being very excited that the National Hockey League is restarting. So I, as uh, an unfortunately, uh, uh, unfortunately in my blood Ottawa Senators fan, it's been a difficult few years. Condolences. That probably. <laughs> that probably goes without saying. So opening with back-to-back -back games against the Leafs, uh, that's, a, that's a difficult way to start out. But it's got us thinking. You know, right now the league is back on, but there's no fans in the stands. Uh, Christian and I have talked before about how, how much we love the experience of a live sporting event. And it got us thinking, when would we start taking our daughter to sporting events? Um, and, it, and then it got us thinking about our past as well. When did our parents start taking us to sporting events? Um, would you consider ear protection? You know, what, all of these different factors. Um, and, uh, you know, Christian and I haven't really talked about it to the point of uh, finding out what the other one thinks about it. So Christian, let me start out by asking you, um, have you taken your daughter to a sporting event yet? And do you intend to do so at some point in the future? Um, no, I have not, uh, taken my daughter to a sporting event, uh, yet. Um, I absolutely hope to do that in the future, of course. Um, but being as it may, you know, I think as a lot of, uh, parents are deciding, um, uh, you know, just with the pandemic and just with all of the unknowns related to that, I think staying at home is going to be, um, our way for the foreseeable future. Um, however, um, yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely see the value, um, in the, um, father-child bond, um, ours obviously specifically with daughters, uh, you know, that that is invested in uh, throughout the kind of sporting or live sporting event um, concept. And I think a lot of our love of sports, um, I won't speak for you, Chris, of course, but a lot of my introduction to sports was through my, was through my dad. Um, you know, my mm -hmm. initial sport um, of choice uh, was baseball, uh, still is, it's still my favorite sport of all time. Um, and so I think going to baseball, experiencing baseball, um, having my dad as a coach, you know, all that type of stuff, I think really kind of nurtured my love for 
for that. And it's what my my dad and I still bond uh, over to this day. Mm. Um, you know, my dad uh, being in Canada uh, and myself in the United States now, um, you know, so a lot of our talk is virtual, um, you know, in video and phone form. Um, but that is one thing we always go back to, which is uh, sports of, of many kinds. But so I, so I mean, I absolutely plan on doing that. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be really finding the safest way, uh, you know, to do so. Uh, and just making sure that not only from a um, pandemic safety, I guess, concept, but then also just from a, uh, you know, visual audio kind of, you know, overwhelming kind of experience that sporting events can be, because obviously there's generally lots of fans and all that, uh, you know, making sure that that's being done in the proper way, um, which I don't necessarily know that I have like a great answer as to like, this is what I believe is the proper way, uh, you know, but, uh, mm. you know, kind of figuring that out as, as, as we kind of go along and depending on what age she ends up being when we actually do that. Um, what about you? What are your thoughts? How have you kind of maneuvered this thought process? Obviously your daughter is, is, is a little bit younger than mine. So you're mm. a, a little ways away from that, but, uh, what are your thoughts in terms of just kind of the father daughter sporting event experience? Mm, yeah, it's a good question. Um, well, first off, I think I'd have to say that I agree very much with what you were saying about you and your dad. Um, you know, and, and someone once asked me, you know, does it matter that that you had a daughter? Will that stop you from going to the, as many hockey games? Um, you know, thinking thinking more along the lines of, well, I was a boy and my dad was a man. And so, of course, I would do the things that he liked doing and he liked going to hockey games. And so I would go with him. Um, but really, I think it's more just about passing on what you know. So whether I had a boy or a girl, what I know is sports and, and how much of a positive um, feeling that gave me. And, and I would want to give that to my child, regardless of whether they were a, a boy or a girl. Um, and that bonding experience, very much like what you were saying, is something that, um, you know, indelibly glued me to my dad. It was something that we connected with and still continue to connect with to this day. Um, and, and that's made, made such a huge uh, impact on our relationship. And so I think to me, absolutely, there's no question uh, that I'd be bringing my daughter to sports games with me, really just to, to share that experience with her and, and to have that shared feeling of joy, that, that bonding experience that we can share 10, 20, 30 years later. Um, now, of course, like you say, my daughter is so young that I haven't, this isn't something that I've had to grapple with. And so this is sort of a theoretical question for me. Um, <clears throat> I guess I'm of a few minds of it. You know, I, on a personal level, I think like a lot of dads, um, like a lot of people, uh, I don't like making a scene. And so I'm deathly afraid of, of you know, being in a in a moment where, you know, in a restaurant and all of a sudden your daughter starts crying. No, not her fault, but it just is what it is. It's, it's being a child and growing up and then feeling that, press, that pressure and that stress of that you need to do something with it. Now, an outdoor sporting event, you know, there's a, there's a little in between there, you know. Um, a lot of people would turn and look at a baby who's crying and kind of roll their eyes at you and then you have to excuse yourself. But then in other settings, you know, outfield in a baseball game, it's relaxed. You just kind of have that do whatever you want feeling, you know. And so I think the way that I've thought about it in my head is starting with uh, outdoor minor league sporting events to try to get her used to it, to kind of take the pressure off of the event itself. 
You know, I think a minor league baseball game. I uh, Growing up, I went to a lot of Ottawa Lynx games, AAA, mm. and it was just the most personal, relaxed feeling. You know, you could chat with the, the people who worked there, knew who you were. Um, it was, uh, you know, not quite the same massive base and audiovisual experience of like an indoor uh, NHL game or NBA game or something like that. Um, a little bit more of that kind of freedom where you feel, oh, I'm just going to walk around the concourse and not feel like I'm going to miss anything. You know, if she's crying, you can take a little walk to the outfield. And so that's sort of where I've settled on it is I think before going to, you know, taking her to an Ottawa Senators game or a Raptors game or even a Blue Jays game, um, you know, supporting local um, minor league sports and in particular something outdoors uh, like baseball or, uh, or soccer. Um, so that's, uh, that's sort of how I've thought about it. Ear protection, I, I guess I'm of a couple of different minds. I think on the one hand, it's very important when they're young, and I think the science backs that up. Um, of course, the flip side of it is that at some point you're going to take them off. And so is there any value in allowing her to adjust to that kind of sensory input? Um, I think when they're very, very young, I think the ear protection is far more important um, than the getting, getting used to the sensory input and that, that she'll just get used to that with time. So I know there's been a, a long way to basically in a condensed way say that I think the way I would approach it would be bringing her to an outdoor minor league event and wearing ear protection and then slowly building up from there. Um, but I, I think those experiences and sharing in that experience, sharing in my love and passion um, and, and bonding with her over that is something that I think you, you can't really replace. Um, have you given any thought, Christian? I know that you're, uh, uh, you're a diehard fan of a few teams that are not in your direct proximity. Um, have you thought about where you might go and where you might take her for that very first time? Yeah, that's a it's a, it's a good question, and I guess the the there's two answers to that question, which is basically going to be predicated by is the Canadian border open or not? Um, because <laughs> right. um, you mentioned kind of you know local or minor league or less known kind of uh, events. Um, one of the live sporting events that is ingrained uh, in my soul. Um, that I will make sure is imprinted all over my daughter um, is going to be the Canadian football league and specifically mm -hmm. the Hamilton tiger cats. Um, Hamilton is my hometown and I grew up from a very young age um, going there, not only with my dad, um, but with my late godfather. And um, I have had seasons tickets there um, for at least 15 years now, maybe going on 20. Um, even in my travel and move to the United States, I still maintained those um, for a variety of reasons, um, have made many friends that way. And it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's a feeling that I will always get uh, when I, um, well, I guess it's Tim Horton's field. To me, it will always be Ivor Wynn Stadium. But um, when, I, when I get into that stadium, um, that you just, you feel home. And um, so I am going to do everything in my power to make sure that Charlotte feels the same. Um, and um, and so I think I, ideally I'd love it to be the Hamilton Tiger Cats um, because of just the Canadiana, uh, you know, that that is involved and, and that type of thing. Um, however, just being a, in the Buffalo area, um, you know, you mentioned minor league baseball. I feel like the likely scenario will probably be, um, the Buffalo Bisons, um, just mm. because, uh, you mentioned the minor league sports, um, not incredibly crowded, um, not incredibly noisy, you know, yeah, there's still announcers, but there's, you know, five to 10,000 fans and not, you know, 
40 or 50 or more, uh, right. you know, in that and type less of thing. Dense as well, right? Less packed together. Exactly. Well. And then you also mentioned kind of the like flexibility of just, you know, walking around doing all that. You know, I can go to a Bison's game for 10 bucks, you know, so right. if my daughter, uh, you know, cries through the whole thing, uh, I'm not like crazy upset about that, you know, as opposed to I see these people. <laughs> I remember one time I went to, uh, uh, was it Comerica Park or was it Tiger Stadium? Anyway, Detroit baseball. And this particular gentleman who appeared very wealthy, I guess I'm maybe making a snap judgment, but he had front row seats with his, uh, uh, what appeared to be wife and two sons. Um, and they could not have been older than five, each of them. Um, and between the two of them, I don't know that they watched most of the game, uh, just because, you know, being parents of five and younger. Um, but I could only imagine, I was like, I was in the second row, so I was right behind them and I knew what I paid for my ticket. I couldn't imagine <laughs> paying for four of those and essentially wasting most of the game with, you know, right. two brothers fighting over the popcorn or whatever, you know? So, <laughs> um, so I think like you mentioned, just not wanting to make a scene. I, I get that to my core. I think that's like one of my biggest dad fears is just like being that dad with the crying child. Uh, you know what I mean? At, <laughs> right. at, at a game. But that being said, I've also learned very quickly, um, being a, a parent that, you know, people are very understanding of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's one of those, yeah, they're, they're looking over at you, but one of those, like, I get you, like, you know, I, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. It's not like a, you are an inconvenience to me. Um, it's, it's a, Hey, we feel you, man. Uh, and so, you I know, I see that you type of thing, fellow so. dad. I see you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and just quickly, that brings me back to a story just, uh, of when I was taken to a blue Jays game, very young. Um, and I, I think I might've been three or four, um, and to make a long story very short, they were playing the Pittsburgh Pirates, which rarely happens um, just because they're in different leagues. My dad is a diehard Pittsburgh Pirate fan, as I think we mentioned from our ballpark, uh, you know, um, episode uh, segment last uh, last week. And uh, so they, it rarely happens. It was an exhibition game and the opening kind of introductory fireworks happened. And I bawled my eyes out and wanted to go home oh, no. at the sight of those and sound of those fireworks. And of course, my dad is sitting there going, well, crap, I just paid for all of these, you know, these <laughs> seats. My I, my older brother was there. There's my youngest son, Christian, crying his eyes out. All he wants to do is go home. And there was this lovely young couple behind us who decided to take it upon themselves to entertain me for the entire game where they just wow. politely took my my the bag of books and toys that my mom had brought um, and read me stories. I don't recall any of this. This is all secondhand from my parents. Um, but uh, uh, but they entertained me throughout the entire game. So um, wow. uh, so I'm told. So uh, yeah. So I just you know thinking of that, I think I feel like I also um, you know that that's obviously been imprinted on me a little bit. You know, just in terms of how I would you know, entertain my crying child at a game. And um, as you, Chris, you are obviously acutely aware, um, we don't just get half into games. We get all <laughs> into games, um, you know, in terms of, like we mentioned, we score baseball games. So um, I think um, that's going to be a challenge for me, probably, um, to have to mm -hmm. let go of that a little bit, um, just in terms of, you know, maybe not being able to be, I'm not going to say as invested, maybe just differently invested, I guess, because now I'm invested in it because of the bond with my daughter. And right. as opposed to whether that was a 6-3 ground out or a fielder's choice um, <laughs> or an error or an RBI, um, you know, or whether he threw a curveball on that at bat, you know, I, is that as important now? Uh, maybe not. Uh, maybe it is, um, you know, uh, but uh, I guess that remains to be seen. So that'll be an exciting future episode, I suppose, where we can <laughs> yeah. maybe recount our our um, our our thought processes there. Um, yeah, it reminds me of uh, 
you know, in our last episode, we talked about uh, a moment where we knew we could become best friends. You know, this was already a couple of years into our, uh, uh, to us basically being best friends. But I, uh, I remember one time we were traveling on one of our baseball road trips and I was scoring a game and I left to go to the bathroom and Christian said, oh, I'll keep scoring for you. And that was the very first time I had been to a baseball game with somebody else who also scored the game. And uh, so I think maybe what this is all setting us up for, Christian, is that we just need to go to a baseball game with our daughters together. And then while one of us is comforting both of them as they cry for the fireworks, the other one can be like, oh, yeah, change up inside. Yeah, the other one will know that it was an 84 mile per hour change up that induced the six, four, three double play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's a good thought. Um, But then we'll also have to consider what to do with our wives, because they'll either be sitting there rolling our eyes at us as one of our uh, struggles with two daughters. Um, You know, maybe they'll be laughing. You know, maybe that'll be their time to sit in another section and watch us from afar as we struggle mightily. Um, You know, uh, that would be a a pretty hilarious, um, you know, concept. Just real quick, Chris, because I'm curious. um, Do you have a thought process towards, um, you know, we mentioned now that we both have daughters. um, Has that changed your approach to sports fandom? I know that's a huge topic to maybe Mm -hmm. cover in just a couple of minutes, but um, has it changed your approach at all? Or are you pretty much just full steam ahead, just, you know, bringing your, uh, your daughter along for the ride? That is a really excellent question. Um, You know, and it's one that I might have to ruminate on a little bit more to to really think about how it's affected it. If I'm being honest, I would say that currently I'm watching about the same or more sports even, but that, that may be because of a couple of different factors. One is that, you know, we by by ha- by happenstance the hockey season is starting again um you know it just happens to be a time when i would normally be getting really invested into the into the games already um but another is that you know we all find our happy place right we all we all need to find that 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 thing that keeps you relaxed and so for me um you know i've got a, a pair of headphones and i'll often just kind of walk around the house wearing them. And so if I'm changing her diaper and or she's screaming or I'm getting up in the middle of the night or I'm feeding her, I often have those headphones on to try to limit a little bit of the crying and, and thus to make sure that I never get frustrated and it just kind of always keeps me happy. Hmm. And so often when I have those uh, headphones on, I, I've either got a game on that I'm listening to at the same time or a, or a sports podcast. So I would say at the moment, uh, it has, if anything, cemented my sports fandom Um, but I would also say like, she's young enough right now that, you know, she's mostly either sleeping or eating. And when she's sleeping, she'll be sleeping on my chest and I'll be watching hockey. Uh, but she's not really absorbing it. So I think when she's like a a year, year and a half, two years, and all of a sudden the interest is in other things, right. Where she would be watching the game or something. Then my sports, uh, my, my ability to watch sports might kind of wane. As we, you know, I don't know, watch more animal shows or cartoons or play on the floor and stuff like that. So at the moment, I'm, I'm basically just caring for an absolutely adorable little blob. And that allows me to, to watch a lot of sports. What about you? Um, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think it's changed anything. Like you mentioned, I think the pandemic has something to do with this, too. Right. Where we're just at home. So maybe TV is, you know, especially with sports returning is something that we've, you know, kind of you mentioned finding your happy spot. I'll say it from that perspective as well. Um, I know we talked touched on a little bit, you know, does the daughter versus having the son change anything? Um, And, uh, and I will say no. Um, And I mentioned the tiger cats, and I'm going to uh, embarrass a few people if I may, but um, 
being able to watch my two really close friends, uh, Jeremy and Glenn, um, and both of them have two daughters of their own. And actually, Glenn's two daughters now have kids of their own as well. Um, wow. And uh, so we mentioned the Hamilton Tiger Cats going to those games and watching them be girl dads at sporting events um, has really just cemented the fact that it is uh, it, that it is, uh, you know, a love and a love worth doing. Um, and so I hope I'm not embarrassing them by, by saying this, uh, but they are, they are huge mentors to me in that way. And, and watching them do that, um, you know, I think, cause I was kind of, you know, briefly concerned, like, Ooh, am I going to have to tone it down? You know, because I have a daughter, um, is that a gender social construct that maybe is just kind of, you know, subconsciously mm -hmm. there that we have to not, uh, you know, pay too much mind to, or, or what, what have you, but, uh, uh, no, I think I'm probably watching probably similar more, if not the same. Um, and, uh, but you know, yeah, you gotta be creative about it. Like you mentioned. So sometimes, uh, you know, whether it's the subscription that allows you to watch the archived game in the middle of the night, like you mentioned when you're yeah, feeding exactly. at 3am kind of scenario, um, and, and, and going from there. So, um, but no, I, I, I think overall, like you mentioned, I think it's, it's even just kind of further cemented. Uh, you know, what, what is your passion? Because like you mentioned, what we imprint on our children and what has been imprinted on us has been the passion of our parents. Um, yeah. And I think that we are going to probably, whether we're subconsciously um, or consciously aware of it, are going to be uh, doing the same. So, and, and on and on the cycle goes, I suppose. It's, um, you know, just, just going to add one small little thing um, before we, uh, before we take a break here is that um, I, you know, you mentioned the, the idea of the social construct and, and gender social constructs and feeling different about, you know, taking a girl or a boy. And I think, I, I mean, I've had, I've heard other people say it to me before, before I was a dad. And it's um, something that I feel acutely now as a dad is the idea of just don't push anything on them. Don't, don't push sports. Don't push no sports. Just don't push it, you know, say, Hey, here's a sporting event. You want, you know, come, come with me to it. If you like it, great. And if you don't, you don't. And let her drive the bus with her interests, you know, and not feel like I need to exclude her from sports or push her into sports. That's, you know, it's, it's her call. I think, you know, this is a big, big topic to bite off, so I'm not going to bite it off right now. Um, but the idea that people dissuade their daughters from pursuing sports because they don't have a lucrative professional sports career at the end of it, um, you know, it, it, it raises A, that I think you're doing a disservice to your daughter because of how valuable being in sports can be to your health, first and foremost, and, and setting up a healthy lifestyle by, by playing sports from a young age. Um, but then also... Um, you know, what it, what sports teaches and following that, following those passions into university, turning it into scholarships, into life lessons for leadership. Um, and of course, the growth of women's professional sports. I mean, we're at a very, very exciting time. I went to a professional women's soccer when I was a, a kid, um, and I would love to have the opportunity to bring my daughter to, you know, the CWHL, or, or I guess it's called the NWHL now, Women's Hockey League, um, or, uh, you know, or other professional women's sports, and just see that there are options, there are options out there. Um, it may not be as big, it may not be as lucrative as men's professional sports, but uh, it exists. And, you know, there, there are people who do it for a passion and, uh, and, and they, your daughter should feel that they have that option as well. Um, so yeah, I guess that's all, all I wanted to add. It's just a very exciting time for, uh, for, for young women in sports and what the future holds. 
Um, but I think this is a good opportunity for us to um, um, to take a break here. We've uh, chatted on this for a, we've overrun a little bit as we as we tend to always do. So we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back to close things up. Now you are listening to the Dad Joke Loading podcast, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back to Dad Joke Loading, the podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Christian, uh, with my dear friend, Papa Chris, as he is now affectionately being called. And uh, we're going to close out today's episode uh, with a little recurring segment uh, that uh, we think is funny. Uh, You might not, but I think that's kind of the reason for the segment. Um, And the recurring segment is going to be called the Dad Joke of the Week. And so, Chris, I know, uh, you know, we uh, whether we realize it or not, again, maybe is this a, a, a biological thing? Is this a kind of societal thing? But I mean, our humor just gets terrible as we become fathers. And so uh, and the things that we find funny also becomes uh, more of an eye roll to those around us. Um, but um, I'm, I'm curious, do you have a, a dad joke of the week um, that you would like to uh, to share with the class here today? <laughs> Um, well, this, uh, this one is, um, from, uh, from my uncle, a father of two daughters in his own right. Um, and just the, the biggest treasure trove of dad jokes. And yeah, what is it? I mean, it, I think it's something about that. Everyone can picture their dad interiorly chuckling away at, uh, at a joke that makes them and only them laugh in the room. And so dad joke of the week, it's a beauty. So my friend comes up to me and says, wow, your wife and daughter look like twins. So I turn to him and I say, well, they were separated at birth. (laughs) That is terrible. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, (laughs) I feel like we need to get Ryan to get us a chuckling sound effect. Uh, I know. I'm I'm already done my... uh, I'm done my coffee, but I wish I could just go. (sighs) (laughs) Terrible. Uh, That is fantastic, though. That is fantastic. Some bad, wholesome laughs sprinkled in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the joke was right on point, though. Topical about, you know, finding out we were having daughters. So, uh, no, well said, uh, well received by me, probably poorly received by by most um, but, uh, one thing I do say, and I know this is probably, you know, that you become your father, uh, you know, type of scenario, but my dad always maintains, and he has, still says to this day, well, I tell jokes because I think they're funny. And, uh, I find myself saying that and then immediately going like, yep, yep. I'm my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you mentioned you're sitting there with your coffee. I'm also sitting in an armchair wearing a cardigan with llamas on it. So, uh, yeah, maybe we have just reached the pinnacle. Like, where do we go from here? <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think we need to go like snowblower shopping that's just the next logical step in our development here <laughs> we did start our preamble uh kind of pre-production meeting if i can call it about that joking about what the best way uh to mow the lawn was um now we were doing it <laughs> facetiously but i think it's on brand so um yeah. but i guess where do we go from here is going to be to our next episode so um you know next uh next week we're going to be talking about a couple of fun things uh hospital stories you know so our fun uh, kind of experiences from being in the hospital around the time of birth. 
Um, and, and, and some other things related to that, a fun uh, quick tease about the time I had to take Chris to the hospital. Um, and then uh, we're also going to be talking about our perspectives, um, you know, of things around us and how those have changed now that we've become fathers um, and, and what and all that that means. So we really hope that you join us next week um, on the Dad Joke Loading podcast. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't thank once again uh, Ryan, our editor, uh, for making us sound as good as he can. It is a tough job that we give him. Uh, Michael Spicer, and from Michael Spicer Music, you can check him out uh, on Instagram and also michaelspicermusic.com. He's responsible for all of our side uh, sound effects as well as uh, intro themes and, and that ilk. Uh, Vishal Murthy, um, who is in charge of our kind of image branding, a uh, good friend of ours um, who is doing our logo and imaging and all that. And last but certainly not least, um, our wives and daughters for not only uh, allowing us to do this, because let's be real, they're allowing us to do this, um, but also putting up with us for this long to give us the the great joy of being both husbands and fathers um so that'll be all for today uh chris uh pleasure as always i look forward to next week um and, pleasure is all mine my friend and uh this has been the dad joke loading podcast thanks for listening we'll see you next week <laughs>